if you're someone that cares about growth, if you're someone that cares about real impact and change. We start within, we change our world, so then our world may influence the world. The frameworks and structures that we create will guide us to a better day tomorrow because the structures provide the insights, the discipline, and the stability for us to carry out our good intentions. And our good intentions cannot and should not be muddled down by people who only want to tear us down for the mere sake that they are envious and jealous that we are trying to do good and we are doing the things that we need to do in order to get there. You're listening to The Isaac Velez Show, a podcast that inspires high performers to reach new heights and be better than their best. My name is Isaac, and I'm best known for my performance coaching, elevating elite athletes and entrepreneurs to unlock their full potential. On this podcast, I sit down and share vulnerable stories on my journey, lessons that I've learned, and I bring on high performers as guests to unlock new insights and share authentic conversations about what winning really looks like. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back, everybody, to The Isaac Velez Show. Thank you all for tuning in today. Today, we're going to be talking about how I survived the criticism of my haters and my framework that I use to deal with this kind of feedback. Criticism can be a gift, but only if we're able to separate the message from the messenger. I learned this from a relationship coach, Stefan Speaks, one of my first, actually my first guest on the podcast. And he told me, sometimes we take things so personally when even the people that envy us or they hate us they tell us something, there could be truth in it. Now, let's look at the psychology behind it. Because most of the time when people tell you something that's wrong with you, it's often something that they see in you that's a problem that they have. It's the opposite of why we like people. We like people because we see something, we see a part of ourselves, we see something we lack, or we see something that we can use. Hate and envy operate in a pretty similar frequency. So when we absolve our hate, when we talk about our hate against someone else, right? We're looking at, oh, this person has this thing that I don't have. I am lacking in this regard. And I really want to have that. So I'm going to hate on it because hate usually comes from the victim mentality. Criticism, not positive, constructive criticism that you say to your friends or your business partners or your partner, but the criticism of jealousy and envy. Regardless, it's not our place to decide how others move about the world, how others choose to channel the information or the energy that flows through them. Every person must decide that for themselves. But for you and I, it is imperative that we can do one thing and one thing very well. We need to separate the message from the messenger and take the truth out of what they're trying to attack us with. And that way, we can always grow and we're always leveraging the information that is used against us. Now, in order to do this, the first step is separating the personal from the truth. Everyone has a truth. We know them as perspectives. And then there's the actual truth, the historical representation of what actually took place or what happens, or the magic, or not the magic, the math that is logical and shared by all to be understood. So truth is different than your truth or my truth, right? Uh, our truths are subjective and they're going to be perspectives because we might have altered events in our brain or we might have seen things differently. So first, you have to understand when someone comes to you with their truth, their perspective, 
you have no obligation to see it their way. You have no need, you have no obligation, and you don't have a responsibility to. You do not have to respect their perspective either. You can treat them with respect, but like I've said before, respecting someone, right? The respect and the admiration definition of the word is different than treating someone with respect. So while I treat everyone with respect, there's very few ideas and ideologies that I respect in the admire sense. And so when it comes to other people, when they're introducing their feedback and their criticism of you, you don't have to accept what they're saying. But if someone tells me, oh, you know, your voice is too tinny or, you know, you do this and that, they might not be trying to help me. Most of the time, they're just trying to come at me. They're, they're hating, they're envious, whatever the case might be. But there might be truth to, maybe I can improve my speech. Maybe I could hire a speech coach. Maybe I could warm up my vocals before I do this. Maybe I could eat the right foods to make sure my voice is in tune. And now because of the information I've processed from the criticism, I am now better. So how I survived the criticism of my haters is I reframe the information coming away. It's not an attack anymore. It's an opportunity for growth. The more you can leverage opportunities, the more, and, and when I mean leveraging, I mean is you turn everything that happens as an opportunity. Every failure, every mistake, every criticism, every setback, they're all opportunities. They're all ways you can grow. The Stoics love this idea. They talk about what stands in the way becomes the way. The obstacle is the way. And so this morning, I attend a buy. So I'm recording this on a Friday. I usually record on Mondays, but I wanted to record some today. When I go on Fridays, I usually have my routine that we've talked about in the past. Um, actually, last episode, 236. Actually, no, 234. Um, was talking about my daily routines. But on Friday, I have a Bible study at 630 in the morning, which I love. I love the morning. I come in. It's you know, a nice, nice cup of black coffee, as I love it. And we sit there for an hour and we discuss different topics. And right now we're working through a book, Surviving Religion 101. It's, it was made for a college student um, by a professor uh, who was also a father. And so we're walking through it and we're talking about the different aspects of Christianity. And today's lesson was about some of the different arguments against the dark side of the Bible, some things that we now know not to be you know, fair and equal, and we wanted to dive into these things. And so in this moment, I'm realizing a lot of people in the world could completely change their lives if they stopped adopting the victim mentality and they started taking responsibility for their life. The idea of taking responsibility is scary to some people and it also forces you to accept that you're not, you're not where you want to be. And a lot of people don't want that. Think about why we like movies so much. We get to see something that is, it feels real, but it's not real. It's an escape from reality but it's like it's a magical place. We get to be in a different story where we don't have to worry about going to work or taking care of this or paying for this. We can just immerse ourselves in this fantasy world where everything else fades away. It's an escape from reality. A lot of people don't want to accept the reality of where they are. A lot of people don't want to accept where they're trying to go. If you want change, the only one that's going to create that change is you. And so go into the second part of the framework. The first is taking the personal out of it. And you do this by self-awareness, by meditating, asking yourself questions, reflecting on ideas, by learning how to control your emotions. As we talked about before, can you label your emotions? Can you put your emotions in check? Number three, reframe how you think. 
if you can see the opportunity of it, that changes everything. That's number one. Number two, understand that when you wish for someone's life, and when most people, and not in you in a sense, but in most people, when they wish for someone's life, they think about the good. We think about the influencers, the celebrities, you know, the, the top business owners or hedge fund owners that have everything, in a sense. We only think about the life that they have on the good side of things, the highlights, so to speak, of their lives. The unfortunate truth is that there's a lot of things that it took for them to get there. There's a lot of pain, there's a lot of struggle, or at some point in someone's life in their ancestry, there was a lot of pain and struggle. And so in order for you to want what they have, you also have to want what they went through. And when you adopt a more holistic thing, it kind of humbles you a little bit and you realize everyone has their own journey. Everyone has their problems. Everyone has their problems. And the people that are criticizing you are no different. Because think about this. If these were people that you truly admired and you admire people that are greater than you, why would someone that's greater than you criticize you? Like, think about it. Nobody criticizes a person behind them. You only criticize a person that's ahead of you because they have something you don't. The people that are behind you have nothing that you want. So why would you spend time there when you're looking to go for more? Criticism always comes from beneath, never from above. Feedback, information, constructive criticism, that can all come from above. Mentors, role models, all of those people have no problem telling you the truth and things that you could be doing better. I was on a call with a mentor. And we were talking about some of the things that, you know, I could potentially be dealing with when he looks at me and my weaknesses. And we talked about a big issue where a lot of young guys feel like they have to prove themselves. And I've fallen privy to this fallacy of trying to prove myself because I am young and I want to be recognized. Right. And I've worked on that, but I still have to continue working on it. And my mentor has no intention of tearing me down. He has no intention of telling me that I'm no good. His intention is I want you to be great. But to be great, you have to learn how to be good. You have to master being good. And then you can start learning how to be great. And he was informing me of that. That's feedback. That's constructive criticism. Why? Because it comes from a different place. And it's structured in a different way. Criticism, the kind that's meant to tear you down, the kind that's based out of hate and envy and jealousy, it comes from beneath. Because those people are angry that you're doing something they're not. And so you can always have to remember where that information is coming from and who it's coming from. So first we talk about the message. How can you use the message to leverage your growth? The second part is let's talk about the messenger and who is the person telling me these things? Who is the person? What is their agenda, so to speak? That's really what I focus on. What is the person's agenda? What is their goal with the information they're telling me? If I get a, a nasty comment online, what's their goal? If I look at the account. 17 followers, you know, some anime picture. What, like, what out of this person would I want to be like? And if the answer is nothing, then what is there to think about the messenger other than they just have some sort of envy or jealousy of me? What is that going to do for me? The comment doesn't mean anything because it comes from someone that doesn't mean anything, quite frankly. And so in your life, you know, whether, whether or not you're doing stuff, you're always going to have people that are going to judge you. And so I love this line that I heard from... Uh, from Suits, I think I mentioned that before, but Suits and Billions um, are probably like my only TV shows I've ever really watched, and I love them. But Suits, there was a moment in one of the later episodes where Harvey was being questioned about his ethics, pretty much. 
And he said that every line he's ever crossed, he would do it again because he knows that no matter what other people think, someone's always going to hate him for something, no matter what he does. But he's okay with what he's done because he is fine with what is in his soul. And so he would do it all over again. And it's not about not making mistakes in our life, but it's about have we always looked to do the right thing? Or at least, at the very least, are we committed to doing the right thing for our lives for the right reasons? And if we are, we can't let other people stick a finger in our face and tell us we're not doing good enough, right? And so the the personal side of things is that it's really a two-step framework. It's the message of separate the message from the messenger and then analyze both of them. Get the information you need, categorize the person, and then move on with your life. Because information is only as good as it is applied. And as we apply the information, we learn to grow. As we apply the information, we learn to catapult ourselves to the next level. And we cannot let ourselves be held back by the judgment and criticism of others. We have to move forward in a new light because the reason we do things is to make the world a better place. If you're someone that cares about growth, if you're someone that cares about real impact and change, we start within, we change our world, so then our world may influence the world. The frameworks and structures that we create will guide us to a better day tomorrow because the structures provide the insights, the discipline, and the stability for us to carry out our good intentions. And our good intentions cannot and should not be muddled down by people who only want to tear us down for the mere sake that they are envious and jealous that we are trying to do good and we are doing the things that we need to do in order to get there. That's going to be all for today's episode. I really hope you all enjoyed. It is a pleasure to start this new year with a good mentality, but always remember, New Year's resolutions come and go. Let's set real tangible goals and let's continue to achieve them, right? Studies show that 42% of goals are more likely to be accomplished when they're written down. Are you writing your goals down? Are you being intentional about the things that you're doing? And are we as a unit looking to make the world a better place by changing our world? Veni Vidi Vici, I came, I saw, I conquered. That concludes today's episode of The Isaac Velez Show. If you gained any value from today, we'd be grateful if you share the episode and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you were looking to get more involved with us, visit our website, www.isaacantoniovelez.com and follow us on Instagram for daily content. See you in the next episode.